Welcome to the sweet spot sponsored by Pinch of Penny Pool Patio and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, and today I'm joined by head coach of the Wiregrass Kings basketball program, Nolan Helder. Nolan, man, welcome to the sweet spot. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, glad I could have a few minutes with you, sit down, talk a little ball, and, uh, you know, just talk about some of your experiences as a coach. Yeah, for sure. Glad to be here. So, obviously, you know, the name of the show is called The Sweet Spot. Yeah. Growing up, playing ball, there was no better feeling for me than hitting the ball in the sweet spot of the bat. For you as a coach, what's your sweet spot moment? That moment that just gives you chills, just that rewarding feeling. Um, I mean, I, I mean, one, obviously winning a big game, you know, winning uh, – I've had different teams throughout the years, you know, going to state tournaments for the first time, winning conference or regionals for the first time. And so, you know, a big win, uh, especially if it's unexpected, yeah. you know, and yeah. your, your team's kind of an underdog and you're able to uh, pull off that upset. I mean, that's probably number one. Number two, I've always enjoyed coaching just because I like teaching, whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's school, the Bible, basketball, whatever, um, because you get to see people grow. And so I guess the other sweet spot would be uh, individually when you just get to see uh, an individual player's hard work and dedication and time and commitment pay off. And and they see, wow, like, you're right, coach. If I worked at this thing, I could be good at something. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, that's that's the the two things, I guess, because – I don't know. You hope that they kind of take that off into the rest of their life and they see that if they work hard at things and uh, put in the time and dedication, they can be great at anything they want, you know, so. Now, at which point in your life did you realize that you wanted to become a coach, become a teacher in that aspect? That's a long story. I'll try to make it as short as I can. But uh, so I was was pre-med all the way through in undergrad, uh, decided not to take the MCAT or go to medical school. So I went to law school, uh, graduated law school, took a job as an attorney, um, driving back with my wife, Casey, uh, was thinking, man, uh, I just accepted this job as an attorney and I feel like I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Like I'm just doing it for money or I'm just doing it for... Um, I don't know, a, a high, like a place in society or whatever. And so on this like six hour drive back from accepting a job as an attorney, we kind of talked and prayed about what would I do if money was no option? Yeah. And me and my wife both have a lot of family members who are coaches and they yeah. seem to have, uh, I mean, I've always loved sports. I've always loved teaching. Um, but they seem to really have their priorities right in life and had time for family and, um, investing in kids and, um, and doing something that, that I enjoy, sports. And so that's kind of how it happened. On that drive back from accepting a job, uh, being an attorney in Arkansas, decided to be a coach. So on that drive, I called him, and I was like, thanks but no thanks, and started looking for a coaching job. I was fresh out of law school. That, that, <laughs> you don't man, hear that story too much. Dude, seriously. But I, but I commend you for that, for yeah. staying true to what you believe was right yeah. as far as, you know, like you said, it's not about the money. It's not about this. Like, what makes you happy at the end of the day? What do you feel like you're being called to do? You know, because we all have different skills and talent that God has blessed us with. So I think that's the biggest thing that people struggle with, whether they admit it or not, whether they submit to it or not. Are you going to do what you feel like you're being led to do? Well, and it's hard, too, because, like, it would have been easy to just stick with that because I graduated law school and it's kind of what everybody expected me to do, you know? Um, And so it's easy to get stuck in a rut or whatever and people, you know, don't want to change too much. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, my dad, he was uh, chief of police and and a sheriff now and – 
he, he always tells anybody he's hiring, like in two or three years on this job, like you're going to know if you're called to it, you know, because this yeah. is a calling, you know. Yeah. And uh, he's like, hey, in two or three years, if you don't feel called to this job, go do something else. You have your whole life in front of you. Like yeah. don't just stick with something that you don't enjoy because you think it's the only thing you can do, you know. And yeah. so, um, yeah, and I've, I've enjoyed it. I love it. Love coaching, love basketball, love working with kids, seeing them grow. And uh, so, yeah, it's been great. Now, Nolan, what is Kings basketball? If fans are watching a Nolan Helder coach team, what will they see? Well, this past year, it was kind of crazy. We, we averaged about 90 points a game yeah. and running up and down the floor and playing uh, two groups of five, two minutes each. And so uh, that's what it was this past year, just crazy fast pace that most teams couldn't prepare for and weren't ready for. Uh, but that's the first year we've been like that. And so I guess um, uh, the thing that's been constant, I guess, is uh, just, you know, we always say three things. Um uh, play hard, play smart, play together from yeah. Dean Smith at North Carolina. Yeah. I think that's kind of the best summary of in basketball or anything, really, if you want to be good at it, yeah. like work like work as hard as you can, uh, do it the right way and do it together, you know, with, with others as a team. And um, so I think that's been the consistent uh, thing. You know, when I first took over the Kings, I uh, started with just the JV boys and um, it, there was room for improvement, <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> and so I've always been a motion offense, uh, man defense. Yeah. That's it, yeah. coach. Uh, so we did that for like our first five games, like straight man, nothing else. Like, hey, you know, man up and guard your man and uh, uh, have the toughness. And uh, we were 0-5. And, and <laughs> I said, well – I better for now have some flexibility yeah. here. And so uh, we started playing a lot more zone that year and a little less the next year. And once I'd had those guys for about three years, they kind of uh, learned the toughness required for man and they got the uh, basketball IQ required to be good at man defense. And um, so I would say since those first couple of years, that's been, I guess, a constant is our, our, um, uh, tough man defense. Now it didn't look like it last year because we played so fast when yeah. we were trying to score in less than 10 seconds every time. So, uh, we gave up a lot of points, but if you look at points per possession, we still had uh, a great, great defense. So, and our kids played extremely hard and I was proud of them. So, so you spoke on this fast pace, quick sub, uh, methodology, I guess as far as influences from coaches, I mean, you've influenced me. Like, obviously, I've dabbled in coaching the last couple of years with the youth and, you know, looking to learn and grow and more and more uh, each game. Obviously, there's adjustments that need to be made. I feel like that's my biggest area I need to learn. But for you, as far as influences, you spoke on Dean Smith. Who are some of the other coaches that you feel have kind of impacted you in your path uh who are some guys you like to watch and study from when it comes to strategies and different ideas so my first job coaching i uh, started in uh, I'm, my wife and i are from near fayetteville arkansas and so i started coaching my first eight years of coaching i was in uh, arkansas coaching high school ball my first job was uh jv football um i, I don't know anything about 
football really I, was, I played football but uh i coached michael dyer if you know who that is Man, yeah, uh, yeah and so he was my jv running back okay and so i looked like a really good football coach yeah, yeah. that first year uh but i wanted to coach basketball so my second year coaching i was able to get a job coaching varsity girls okay. in uh, berryville arkansas for a public school and um man i just started watching back then dvds you know you'd get online or i guess then maybe a catalog i don't know i'm old so uh <laughs> We, uh, so the things, the the videos that I watched that that stood out the most to me were um, Rick Pitino and Bob Knight's man defense. Mm. Um, like that still is what we do. I mean, that's uh, those guys are just unbelievable. And then offensively, Bob Knight um, and Rick Pitino, their motion offense stuff. But then also Rick Majerus. Yeah, um, Utah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you remember him, Utah, but. Yeah, um, I remember, yeah. He had by far the best motion offense video I ever watched. Really? Just so it was, it was three discs. It was like six hours just on four out one in motion offense. And it was so detailed. And um, so I'd say those guys, you know, I mean, uh, that every year I would go to like coaching clinics and stuff and hear all the top college coaches uh, teach at like Nike basketball coaching clinics and stuff like that. But, you know, once you kind of start going, you kind of go to those and just get little things, you know, just little things here and there. And the main thing about coaching, you know, you got to kind of be adaptable because it's a, it's a game, you yeah. know, it's, it's a strategy. And so you got to take, you got to look at your players and look at the best teams you got to beat. And then you got to figure out how in the world can I make that happen, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so it's always different. Um, but I think the great thing about man defense and the great thing about a motion offense is that uh, there's a lot of room there to to adjust it in lots of different ways. You know, you can make that a three out, a four out, a five out motion offense. Uh, with your man defense, you can you can play real tight on some shooters and play way off. You know, people like Giannis who can't shoot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, but it's probably going to beat my sons and point guard Chris Paul. So yeah. I'm sad about that. But. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, uh, I guess those would be my main influences. So, you still have that Rick Majerus? I do. DVD? Yeah, man, you made to let me borrow I got it, man. It packed up in a box, hey, man. For it's really? great. Yeah, that's great. You had to let me get it for a week or two, man. Let that's me see great. what I can add to my catalog for sure. And partly, I mean, I'm uh, I'm very uh, detailed. You can ask my players. Probably yeah. they're yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. coach, I did it like 99 percent perfect. Like, yeah. isn't that good enough? You know. Um, but that's one reason I love, uh, a lot of those coaches because like the details, I mean, on little tiny footwork stuff and on, you know, there's always, you know, everybody practices, every team practices the same amount of time pretty much. Um, and so in my opinion, you know, we were talking earlier about Popovich and, yeah. you know, uh, great coaches and even great teachers in school. I mean, they expect a lot you know, and as, as players get better, they, they even raise their expectations to the next level, not, not, not raising it to a point where the players can't reach it, but, um, have an expectation that, yeah, you did great, but like, you know, here's this little thing that you could improve on and try and not to, um, and that's one thing that I've always had to work on. Cause if I have a failing as a coach, it's that I'm a little too much that way yeah. and like too negative and too hard on players. Um, but I've, uh, especially early in my coaching career. Um, but by now I, I kind of see, like, uh, I try to make sure I throw in positives and, and celebrate those victories when yeah. they do succeed at stuff. But then at that same time, uh, have an expectation that like, Hey, it's not okay to not 
try your hardest. It's not okay to do things the right, to not do things the right way. And, um, you know, I think whether you're coaching basketball or teaching or whatever, um, kids want that, whether they know it or not, you know, they, we, we want to need discipline, whether mm-hmm. we actually, maybe that's on a subconscious level for a lot of us. But, um, I think for all of us, uh, you know, when I look back, at like my teachers in high school, like my favorite teacher was like the hardest teacher, but it was because she was great at it. Yeah. And she demanded the most from all of her students. And I yeah. think that's the same thing a good coach does, you know? Yeah. So and I don't know whether I'm a good coach, but oh, good I, I do know sure. that I uh, try to get the most out of the players and help them uh, become the best they can be. You know, we were talking about uh, NBA coaches, yeah. you know, and sometimes I think like in the NBA, I'm watching and I'm like, I don't even, I, I'm not sure why they're there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it looks like those players could just run up and down. And so I feel like a coach's job, I mean, I, you know, a coach is just there to kind of make those players put forth that little bit of extra effort they wouldn't without someone there making them do it, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so, but trying to also do that in a way that um, they still have fun and enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Now you, you talked about your favorite teacher and what came to mind in my memory is I had a teacher, uh, Mr. Malls back in, I guess it was 11th grade, senior year math teacher. And he was the type that he would literally work two problems on the board and assign 30 for you to do. And it's like, what? Like, I don't even know to, I don't even know where to begin. You know, this is, this is pre-cal, you know, this is trig. Like you just did two problems and all of a sudden I'm supposed to know how to do his, he'd go sit at his desk. But I'll tell you in college, you know, my degrees in communications, there wasn't much math requirement. Well, I had pre-cal again in college and man, I barely did any homework because he forced you, that teacher, Mr. Moss back in high school forced me to know it. And, and cause math is something you can show somebody how to do it all you want. But until they actually get it for themselves and know how to work a particular problem or formula, it doesn't matter, you know. So in a weird way, I, I think Mr. Moss were forcing it down our throats where we had to do it ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that yeah. teacher I'm talking about, her name is Miss Roberts, and she was my English teacher. And freshman year, it was like like you could like do the like general English path or like the honors English path. Yeah. And she was the honors English teacher. And so me and all my sports buddies – we took uh, honors English. Uh, sophomore year, I was the only one. It was me and a bunch of girls. That was it. All my friends left because she was like so hard on us. And I kind of like that. It was yeah. just me and a yeah. bunch of girls. But, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, you know, at that point, it was like she weeded out who wasn't going to work hard, yeah. like who didn't really care. And then it was like this uh, – this community that formed kind of like what happens with the team. Like you're going through battles together, you know, and just the, um, I don't know. Yeah. She was a great teacher. And I think the, a good coach is the same thing. You know, a good coach, I think has to be a good teacher and enjoy practice even more than games and just helping kids grow. You know, that's one thing when I first took over the Kings and that JV program, like I said, um, we were own five to start the year and, um, you know, our, our, the varsity boys coach for the Kings at the time, uh, came and and to tryouts with me and he was like coach <laughs> you're not gonna win a game this year what are you gonna do and uh but uh to watch them improve and improve and then you know that first group uh that group that graduated this past year yeah. with nolan and james who you had on here mm-hmm. and, and a, a ton of other we had like seven seniors they were all great um they were all ninth graders that year okay. that year that i took over and uh, started zero and five and to see um 
the work they put in for four years and like how much better they got, not because of me, just because the work they put in was just awesome. Just, uh, I was so proud of them. Now this past year, you know, you coach like five teams. You have the varsity boys <laughs> and girls, the junior varsity, uh, varsity boys and girls. You have the varsity, uh, JV, boys JV boys and, and girls, I should say. And then didn't you coach like a seven or eight year old team as well? Uh, yeah, the uh, dream yeah, team. Yeah. yeah, my daughter Ellie. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So when you have five teams who are obviously have different skill sets, mm-hmm. they have different understandings of the game. What's your approach going from team to team and having to coach different five? Well, uh, I different mean, five every year. Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, the, the main thing about coaching is is kind of looking at your players. Where are they? And what can I do to help them and the team get to the point where they can be the best they can be individually? Um, and then to give them the advantage uh, kind of strategically to beat the teams they play, you know. So um, with our varsity boys this year, it was, it was hard because I'm kind of a control freak. Yeah. And so with most of my teams, uh, for almost all my coaching um, – We've played a little slow. I mean, we always want to run, but, like, I want to run sets and, like, have control over, Mm -hmm. like, okay, here's who I want to have the ball in this spot. Um, But we were so deep this past year and so small, and uh, we just felt like running up and down fast would be to our advantage. So when you're trying to get a shot off in 10 seconds or less, there's basically zero coaching. I mean, they're just, you know, <laughs> hopefully they remember everything I said in practice because uh, they're just flying up and down the floor and I'm just kind of sitting there cheering, to, yelling at them to work hard, you know. Um, so that's kind of where it was with our J, with our varsity boys. JV boys is kind of the same. I mean, our JV boys this year, I mean – it was the most dominant team I've ever seen. I mean, versus the teams they competed against. I mean, they won their games by an average of like, well, I don't know that our starters ever played in the second half. They were so dominant. (laughs) They won their state tournament game by like 50 points, even though they didn't play in the second half. I mean, and so for those two teams, I almost felt like, I don't know, like they kind of listened to me for four years and they knew everything to do. And I just was kind of there. They did it on their own. I don't think I really coached them, but kind of with our girls, uh, you know, we didn't have a a girls program last year and we had never had a JV girls program. Mm -hmm. And so that was at a totally different level, you know, Um, man. And I, I mean, I loved our, our boys obviously. And it was a I mean, one of the, my greatest season uh, enjoyment-wise as a coach ever. Um, but I almost enjoyed the girls' season even more because you could just see these leaps and bounds of improvement because, you know, the boys, they've kind of heard the same thing from yeah. me for like four years. They're kind of like, yeah, we got it. We're, when are we going to do something new? I'm like, well, this is it. You yeah. know, these fundamentals, get better at them, you know. Uh, but for those girls, um, it was so enjoyable because just every little – everything we did was just like uh, almost new to them. And, and then to watch them as the year went on um, uh, to, to see them grow. And then same thing, obviously I coached my, my little daughter, Ellie's uh, seven and eight year old, the dream team is what they were called. And uh, we, I had a dad after our first practice, he was, uh, he came up to me after the practice and he was kind of like, Wow, that was a lot. <laughs> and so I don't know if I did it just well for seven and eight-year-old girls. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I, I hope I did. I tried to, uh, just like, you know, if you're teaching anything, I mean, I'm I'm the family pastor at Mount Gilead Baptist Church, and uh, so I'm teaching preschoolers at times. I'm yeah. teaching high schoolers or even adults at times. And, and so, like, whether you're teaching the Bible or you're teaching basketball, uh, kind of 
knowing who you're teaching and knowing where they need to grow mm-hmm. and what, um, you know, there's a, there's a way to say it and make it fun and, um, to just kind of understand. And that's the other thing. I mean, as a coach, like getting to know your players, uh, what motivates them, what, uh, where are they as players and then kind of figuring out what's best for them from there, you know? Finch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Finch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Care Animal Center is a local business partner at The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, sitting here with my guy, Nolan Helder, head coach of the Wiregrass Kings basketball program. Now, Coach Nolan, you kind of touched on a little bit about the varsity boys, the JV boys. They won back-to-back Alabama Christian Sports Conference champions, championships, I should say, and then back-to-back state tournament champions as well. This varsity team, state rankings, I mean, you're looking at number one in the state in steals, number one in points per 32 minutes, second in field goals made, six, second in scoring, second in, in three-point field goals made, uh, top five in drawn charges. I mean – when you look at what you've done with this program, Nolan Perry, my guy, first Wiregrass King to be Super 12 here in the Wiregrass area, do you feel, even with all the accolades, all the achievements, everything that I've mentioned, that the Kings are still being overlooked to a certain extent? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, before I came here, um, I always coached public school varsity ball, and so I, I would have – been like who cares about homeschool yeah. teams you know they can't be any good and so yeah I mean obviously we are I mean um, and and I don't blame people for uh, overlooking the Kings you know we um, we played uh, Lee Scott this year and um, their coach does an unbelievable job William Johnson he's known around the state as one of the best defensive coaches and um, you know I, I kind of 
<laughs> it was kind of funny during the game to watch as the game went on because we ended up winning. I mean, last the year before, his teams gave up an average of uh, 34, 36 wow. points a game, wow. something like that. Uh, and we scored 94 on them. And uh, <laughs> so to watch, you know, that what they expected coming down here to Dothan to just play some homeschool team for their first game of the year, kind of as a warm up uh, to given up more points than they've ever given up uh since he's ever been there um it's kind of fun you know when because you kind of get to be overlooked you know and uh so then um you can kind of sneak up on teams that maybe normally you wouldn't beat maybe because uh they overlook you you can uh you can uh sneak up on them and beat them you know so uh so yeah i mean most people uh that go to a private school or a public school would think uh, as i would that homeschool basketball is lesser or is um not as well run or not as uh not at the same level yeah. and uh, and while Oftentimes, because we just have fewer, a, a smaller pool of kids, oftentimes athleticism um, will be less yeah. and size will be less than a lot of public schools and even private schools. Um, but as I, I hope, at least as long as I'm a part of the Kings, uh, the way the program is run, the expectations, the uh, demand and expectation of excellence and discipline uh is just as high or higher as at any uh 7a or smaller public school or private school so uh i don't blame them for overlooking the kings i would too you know but um we're doing the best we can and working hard every day to try to make kings basketball the best it can be now on january 23rd the kings recorded their first win over a public school out the high and out of florida um, is it Alabama High School Athletic Association that prohibits the Kings from playing other public schools here in the state? Yeah, so um, Alabama High School Activities Association uh, won't allow their schools to play any school in Alabama that's not a part of that. So not only can they not play us, they also can't play AISA schools. Yeah. Um, so like uh, Emmanuel or Abbeville Christian or Lakeside and Eufaula, uh, Pike Lib and Troy, mm-hmm. Alabama public schools, or private schools that are in the AHSAA can't play those teams. But um, we can play those t- public school teams if we play, if we go to like Auburn or Alabama team camp on a college campus. Yeah. Um, and during the summer or uh, during the, the regular season, we can go to Florida or Georgia and play those public schools. Okay. So we're trying to do that more and more. Um, you know, a lot of those schools are, are better than us. A lot of those teams are better than us because, um, you know, maybe they've been playing longer or they have more athleticism or size. But, you know, if you ever want to be your best, you, you need to see what it's like to play against the best. And so win or lose, we always want to keep trying to play more and more. I've tried for a couple of years to try to schedule more and more public schools. It's kind of hard uh, to get that done. But, yeah, we were able to finally uh, schedule a public school for the first time last year. All of our teams won. Uh, by double digits, all of them, um, our, our JV boys and our varsity girls won in running clock blowouts. Um, and then uh, this upcoming year, our varsity boys are going to be in uh, a Christmas Classic down in Florida against okay. uh, us and a bunch of Florida public schools. So we're excited about that. Now, the Kings also competed in a few national tournaments as well. First was the NACA, the National Association of Christian Athletes, which was in Dayton, Tennessee. Speak on that experience uh, that the Kings had there. 
Uh, it was great. I mean, the result wasn't what we wanted, but yeah. um, we showed up and we were in uh, the highest classification. We were kind of hoping for not that, <laughs> so we would have a better chance to win because we were playing against all these schools that were way taller and way yeah. more athletic and way bigger uh, and stronger and faster than us. But it was a testament to the season our guys had, you know, that they got placed in that highest division. Um, and like I said, I mean, that's only going to make you better playing against that better competition. And we had our first game and we were up uh, almost double digits all game. Yeah. And right at the end, uh, we just beat ourselves mm -hmm. with our mistakes, let them come back. And at the very end, uh, they beat us. And so yeah. we lost by like one or two points mm -hmm. in a game we definitely should have won. Uh, and then we turned around and won our, our next two games against, again, other teams in that top division um, that were some of the best uh, schools in the country. And so uh, I, I'd like to think we could have won it. I mean, we were just a point or two away from winning that first game. And um uh, so uh, the experience was great, though. I mean, we, we got to go away and uh, just be together as a team and grow together as a team and um, competing against just top-level athletes and talent and seeing our guys rise to that level. Even uh, I think our it was our, uh, our last game there. We were playing against this team from – I can't even remember, uh, West Virginia or South Carolina or something. And um, they were just huge. I mean, they, they were bigger than us at every position, more athletic than us at every position. And we were tired. We had played games for three straight days. And uh, I think we were down – we might have got down as many as 18 and, really? I, and I've most teams I've coached as much as I love them there's a point at which when you're on the third day of a tournament and you're not going to win the championship and you're down 18 points and you're tired yeah. it's easy to give up and and mentally uh, just have that in the back of your head well I don't have to try as hard mm -hmm. right here well our guys just played even harder and fought all the way back and won from being 18 down against an amazing team and so uh to see that heart and that um that fight in our guys uh was just it didn't surprise me but it was just awesome to see i was proud of them now speak on the national christian homeschool basketball tournament in springfield missouri uh talk about you know the teams run there yeah so we were excited about doing that uh not this year, but the year before, yeah. but it got canceled like the, mm -hmm. the week of because of COVID. And so we were excited to get to go do that this year. Um, there were over 100 uh, varsity boys homeschool teams. I think there were like a thousand teams there overall, God, all man. homeschool teams um, of all different genders and ages. And so uh, there were 100 teams there. I think we were ranked... Uh, maybe 25th i can't really remember 22nd 22nd yeah, okay yeah, yeah. um and uh so we got a really bad draw we we ended up playing i don't remember how many games we played maybe uh five or six and anytime we didn't play a team in like the top eight in the nation we won um and so but when we played those teams that were kind of like in the top eight or seven or eight in the nation you know you're talking about teams from memphis and uh dallas and kansas city and yeah. st louis and the uh from these huge cities where they have this pool of a million people to choose from yeah. and so they have these these uh homeschool basketball programs where they're bringing 
I mean, each of those programs brought like a hundred kids up there on like 20 different teams. Um, and they're just this basketball, these basketball powerhouses that produce like these division one athletes. And, um, we competed. I mean, we, we played hard. Uh, one of those games we lost by like one point uh, after again, another huge comeback, just yeah. like we had at NACA. And so I was super proud of our guys. Anybody else we played, uh, we, we played, uh, a team out of Arizona mm-hmm. that was like uh, maybe like the 20th best team in the nation and we destroyed them we played another team um, can't remember where they were from but they were like top 20 or 30 in the nation and, and we beat them uh, pretty soundly and so I, I hated the draw we got because uh, if, if the route had been a little different I think we easily could have made it to the final four yeah. or the finals but our, our first couple games were like against top five teams from these huge cities and um and we still fought and, and still gave ourselves a chance to win. But uh, I was proud of our guys. They fought. They played great. It was a great experience just playing against these these huge homeschool programs. And for our guys to see, like, man, look, 100 varsity boys homeschool teams. Like, who even know that existed, exactly. right? Seriously, man. <laughs> when, really? I came, when I came to Dothan and we, we started homeschooling, we kind of assumed that our son would play public school ball under the Tim Tebow rule mm-hmm. while we homeschooled. Yeah. And I kind of heard about this Wiregrass Kings homeschool thing, and I was kind of like, yeah, we're going to go play real basketball, <laughs> you know, at a real <laughs> basketball program. And uh, But, man, to see uh, all these, like, powerhouse homeschool programs and the the yearly the college athletes they produce um i think was eye-opening for our guys like man there's a ton of good homeschool basketball teams you know and uh so it was a great experience overall and then we were you know it was uh all the way in springfield missouri so it was like basically like an entire week together as a team and so just having that time together to build our relationships was just fantastic now, I know over the summer, the Kings have been doing several workouts. You've had quite a few scrimmage games as well. When you're in the off season, you're getting ready for that next year. Which areas of progression are you looking towards the most? Okay, this is what we need to address during these off-season workouts, during these scrimmage games. Which areas of progressions are you looking forward to that next season? Well, like I said earlier, I mean, it's different with every team. I mean, you know, you got to know your team and know who's leaving and who's coming back. And, man, uh, we're going to be missing a lot in varsity boys. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had, I think, seven uh, unbelievable seniors who I've been coaching for four years. And, man, the – the the foundation they laid for just like Kings basketball being great is just unbelievable. I mean, where where they were as players versus how great they were when they left is just awesome. And so we're going to miss them. And so then well, we got a lot of great players returning. And so um, but both in girls and boys, JV and varsity. And so, you know, that's one hard thing about coaching four different teams. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to fit in your head to look at every player on every team and, you know, come up with all these different uh, strategies and plans for every team. But um, that's what you got to do, you know, is just kind of, who do we have coming back? Uh, what what does each individual player really need to work on and improve on uh, for them to um, become the best player they can be for next season? And then as a team, uh, start thinking, you know, schematically, what strategy is going to give this team the best chance against, you know, one, against our conference, our best conference opponents, so we can win conference and state again, yeah. or for the first time in girls, we hope. Um 
but then also, you know, we play, a, we try to play uh, as hard and as tough as a non-conference schedule as we can. So then looking at those teams and saying, okay, what are we going to need to do uh, to beat those teams? Because like in girls, Abbeville Christian, uh, they won the AISA state tournament. Uh, we, we swept them this year. We beat okay. them both times, yeah. our varsity girls. Uh, and so that, that shows how great we can be, but they return everybody. They return every player. Yeah, yeah. And then East Central, mm-hmm. who beat us in the state finals game, yeah. they return every player. That's a tough and team, so it's kind of yeah. looking like, okay, they got everybody back. What yeah. do we got to do to try to give us the advantage? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, that's basically it. You know, we, we've played a bunch of games this summer and mainly against all uh, Florida public school teams and did great. Boys and girls uh, had a winning record, won most of those games. And, you know, it's just awesome to see you know some of these younger guys and and girls and jv and varsity that didn't get to play a lot last year their hard work in practice you know they've been waiting for their chance and Mm -hmm. then to see them uh show what they could do this summer uh is exciting looking forward to this next season and and then i will say another thing uh, last thing um we kind of one thing we did was uh to try to get players to get better on their own not just when we're having workouts or going to games uh we kind of did this thing where you had to make this certain number of shots uh to to be uh on the the starter or you had to make this number of shots to be all conference. You had to make this number of shots to be all state. Um, And so we had guys, I mean, in the gym nonstop trying to reach those goals. And like, I mean, for example, uh, Will Holland, who's a a point guard for varsity boys, he just, told me today or yesterday that he he just finally after working and working for months this offseason completed his all state level really? shots so he made 70 out of 100 threes yeah. he made 90 out of 100 mid-range pull-ups and he made 95 out of 100 free throws <laughs> and so like i tried to make him so hard yeah. that like they would have to work like for months to get it and yeah. and they do i mean like these guys like i mean you know we're not the most athletic we're not the biggest or the strongest but like i i could just never say enough about my guys and girls about the work they put in and um and that's why king's basketball has been great and i hope it will continue to because they put in the work no man i truly appreciate you swinging through the sweet spot man i'm so glad i could sit down have a few minutes with you kind of pick your brain kind of talk about the progression of the Wiregrass Kings program and just the leaps and bounds and the excellent job that you've done so far, man. So, uh, you know, we appreciate you, man. I appreciate you having me. Definitely, man. Keep up the hard work, which I know you will. The kids love you. Speaking of, you know, Will Holland, I played ball with him a few days ago. He was out there. Christian was out there. Yeah, Walker. Yeah, Raleigh. Yeah, Grace out there. I mean, man, we had a nice little run, you know, and I'll tell you, Firsthand from my own eyes, Will shot is, is there, man. You can tell he's been putting in every day. He even texted me before this interview. He's like, man, me and, me and a couple guys shooting, if y'all want to come up. And he was trying to get me and Hunter Nunley to come up. And yeah. I was like, man, I got a couple interviews today. But, uh, you know, I'll catch you another time. But I'm telling you, man, seriously, his shot looks good. He, you can tell the confidence that he has in that shot. So uh, you'll be uh, – You'll be pleased with the hard work he's put in. Well, that's, I mean, I said this already, but, um, you know, that's the, that's the one thing that I hope uh, all of our Kings players and parents and anyone associated with or, or from the outside looking at our program, like we do not have the biggest, strongest, most athletic guys. I mean, we do have, uh, I mean, we have a couple good athletes, but like 
it just shows them like if you put in the work, anybody can be a good shooter. Yeah. Like you just got to shoot. <laughs> you yeah. got to learn how to do it right and put in the reps. Yeah. You know, anybody can be a good dribbler. Anybody can be a good passer. It just takes work. And most people are lazy and don't want to put in the work it takes, yeah. you know, but um, so I'm just so proud of our guys that they do put in the work and then they have been able to see uh, the success that comes from that. And so, you know, just life in general, I just pray that it, it carries over into the rest of their life that they see, Hey, you know, we saw with the Kings that if we put in the work at this thing, whether it's their faith, whether it's their marriage, whether it's raising their kids, whatever it looks like, they can see that like they can be great at it. You know, if they put in the work. No, man, you know, we love you, dude. Uh, Will, he said this too. I got to throw it out there. He said, man, coach Nolan Held is the best coach in the state of Alabama. I was like, man, he, he's awesome. He's excellent. I love watching you play, uh, watching you guys play. I love watching every little, you know, tidbit I can pick up from you, man. And so even aside from this interview, I, I'm going to take you to lunch one day and even, you know, dive into some more things schematically on what I can learn as a coach because I want to, you know, become better and better too. So uh, you've done an excellent job, man. I know you'll continue to do wonderful things for the kids because uh, they love you and uh, you, can, you can see that you have the heart for them, man, and, and it shows on the court. Well, I do. I love those kids. And uh, sometimes I'm surprised that I think they do like me or they at least respect me <laughs> because I'm, I'm sometimes I'm too hard on them. Uh, but I think they know that I love them because I do. I just want uh, to get the best out of them. You know, if, if you're going to do something, uh, God says, you know, do, do your best for the Lord and uh, give him all the glory. And so um, I, I try to get them to do their best. And uh, sometimes I'm a little hard on them, but they, even when I am, I try to come back later and put my arm around them and, and and, uh, show them that I love them, and I, I think they know that I do. So I hope they do, because uh, I'm thankful for every one of them and proud of them. You've been listening to Nolan Helder, head coach of the Wiregrass Kings basketball program, an excellent leader and positive example for today's youth on and off the court as well. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, our phone, 334-671-POOL. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. 
Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool Patio and Spa. Special thanks to my guy Nolan Hilder of the Wiregrass Kings coming through to recap their excellent season, the progression from both the JV and Varsity boys and girls teams. If you have not seen the Kings play, check them out this fall. The Wiregrass Kings, they play their home games at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. I promise you, if you love basketball, you will definitely be excited. You'll be pleased at what you see as these teams play very sound, fundamental, organized team basketball. So come out, support the Kings this fall. Whenever you get an opportunity, I promise you, if you love basketball, you will love Kings basketball as well. For more content, subscribe to Corey Bradley Sports. Once you search Corey Bradley Sports, you will see the Sweet Spot logo. And after you subscribe, you will receive notification anytime new content is uploaded. The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts as well. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the Sweet Spot.